Gratitude That's my everyday All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee. Um, and not going to lie to you, this episode is absolutely one of my favorites. Um, it's another episode with Dr. Mike. He is a regular. I think this is the fourth or fifth time I've had him on. And it's just really cool having conversations with him. I, he's one of my favorite people to talk to. He's not only a friend, but a mentor. Um, especially in this spiritual path and this life path. He's been really grounding for me on my own journey. And he's actually one of the reasons I ended up starting this podcast and calling it Quantum Coffee. Um, I, on my travels in the van, I ended up um, parking in his driveway in Staten Island um, for what's going to be a couple of days, ended up being eight days. And every single morning I'd wake up, go into his uh, house and he'd make us coffee. And we would have these really deep, profound conversations about the unanswerable questions of the universe and our perspective on it. And that kind of led and was the genesis to really start my own podcast. And I'm really excited to continue to share these conversations. This one just, you know, woke up here. It's, it's quite early. And I was like, ah, I'm not sure if I'm feeling in the flow. And of course it ended up turning into one of my favorite conversations. We just really jammed about a lot of stuff. Um, we're both, we both talked about transition, right? He's going through a pretty, big transition. He's in process of, um, you know, selling his dentistry practice, something he has been working his entire life to develop and going into the unknown. Um, I share a little bit about my journey with leaving football, very similar. And I think everybody has these, these experiences of transition and then looking out into the world collectively, we're, we're all as a world, as a society, as a culture, as humanity going through a massive transition and shift right now. Uh, and we discuss all of this stuff, including our thoughts on aliens, on um, how to handle fear, practices, tools. Um, you're just going to really, really get a lot out of this podcast and uh, really appreciate you guys supporting, listening, and uh, getting something out of it. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Um, and if you really feel called to support this podcast, I got a few different ways to do that. Uh, the first one, a free way that's really simple, just take a few seconds, is to go wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a five-star review and leave a rating and just put a few words of how the podcast has impacted your life. That would really go a long way in helping support this podcast and continue to grow my audience. And if you feel called to dive deeper and this podcast has had an impact on your life and you're really enjoying the content that I'm creating, you can now financially support this podcast while also receiving a bunch of really amazing premium content that I'm continuing to develop, including extended episodes like this one. And that's for as little as $7 a month, the cost of a Starbucks. You can have access to extended episodes, um, drop into live podcast conversations along with um, extra episodes, solo casts, really amazing stuff that I'm uh, putting together. Um, but you need to become a premium member. So if that's something that interests you, go into the show notes. There's a link to Supercast. It's very simple, um, $7 a month. And it's you only get you only need to uh, uh, subscribe to that one feed and you'll get all of the, the normal content plus the extended content. Make, they make it really easy. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And, you know, you're going to want to stay. And if you, if you're not a premium member and you want this extended episode, I would really recommend going and doing it now before you start this podcast, because at the end, um, first of all, this is a long podcast. It's like two hours and it flew by because we just jammed. So 
about so much stuff and it just, it just flowed so smoothly. And then, you know, when I asked Dr. Mike what his secret to the universe is, he dropped in and gave some real incredible wisdom through his own stories, experience, and some practical tools to help you on your journey. Um, and you're not going to want to miss that. And it's only for premium members. So go check that out. Um, also wanted to give a shout out, um, to amahealing.co. They are a full spectrum CBD company with a lot of amazing products. Um, you know, I usually don't promote products on here, but I've actually invested in this company and I'm really excited about what they're building and their products are really clean. They do it the right way. And they've helped me a lot with my inflammation. Um, and it's really the only CBD product I use. They also have like a curcumin product, which helps with inflammation. They have a solve all these things that I use regularly. So go check that out at AMA healing, A M M a healing.co, um, and go get some of their products. And I also want to give a shout out to my beautiful wife, Sarah and her tech platform that she's building called growmotely.com. She is changing the world with this one. And I'm really excited to be on this journey with her. Um, if you are a employer starting up your own company, trying to build out a team, um, and you're looking for uh, fully remote talent, go check it out. She has a job board for remote talent from all over the world, which is really, really beautiful. And there's a lot of amazing talent on there. I'm actually using it for my company and building out my team. And also on the other side of that, if you are looking for work, looking for a better opportunity to create a life of freedom, um, fully remotely and be aligned on a culture and a vision of something that's really going to help impact the world. And you want to show up and integrate your work in life and have that balance where work, you know, you're not separating work and then life, but being able to have passion about the work that you're doing in your life. Um, I think this is a really great opportunity with the way the world's shifting. So go check that out. Growmotely.com. Um, really excited about that. Also, I'm going to shout out my own company, the heart collective. Um, if you are a former professional athlete looking for community, looking for support, just looking to reach higher levels of awareness with other men who are focused on that personal growth journey, go check out the heart collective.com. That's H A R T the heart collective.com. We are also for non-athletes as well, creating these masterclass series where we're providing content, bringing on experts, thought leaders, coaches in a wide variety of different fields. And those are available for anybody that wants to drop in. So go check that out. Go click the non-athlete tab and uh, put your email in, get added to our email list so you can uh, keep up to date with all the amazing content that we are creating. All right. What else do I have? I think that's it. I just want to say thank you. I love you. And just keep going on this journey of life. Keep questioning things. And I hope you get a lot out of this podcast it's a long one. Stick, stick around to the end. Cause we really start flowing about halfway through. And, um, I really like when we start talking about aliens it really blew my mind. Uh, and I hope it blows your mind as well. If you get a lot out of this podcast, remember, subscribe, leave a review, share it with your friends, pause it before you start and do that for me. It would go a long way in helping me out and supporting the podcast. Love y'all. Enjoy the show. Oh, really excited to have Dr. Mike back on the show. One of the OGs, one of the reasons I started this podcast is because of the conversations that we have. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We are calling in from outer space. If you're watching this on YouTube, we, uh, we are literally in outer space and my mic is kind of in space, but not. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe um, and hit that bell so you don't miss any of the content that I'm 
providing if you're listening to this on podcast, go check it out on YouTube because we're floating in outer space and we are going to talk about the quantum and the universe and everything in between um, in this conversation today. And I'm really excited to have Dr. Mike. I think this is like the fifth time you've been on the podcast. Maybe I don't fun. know, but it's uh, every time is a, a new experience and kind of a wonderful conversation. So could be fourth, fifth, who the hell knows? But I talk to you so much anyway, so it's hard to tell like, and remember when we've done like a quantum coffee and or like like a normal conversation, which okay. are like quantum coffees anyway. So yeah, exactly. We talk a couple, at least a couple times a month, and sometimes we press record, and sometimes we just jam it out. Um, but, but let's we're talk usually about, in space, though. We're yeah, we're always in always in space. Always yeah, that's like a, that's it's kind of a place where we we navigate the best, right? Yeah, I mean, aren't we literally in space anyway? I mean, it's kind of fascinating that the experience of, especially when you see a night sky that is so clear and you see the stars and it's almost like this experience that there is no barrier between the edge of the earth where we're standing. There's like no atmosphere. We're literally in the stars. And when you actually have that experience and you can actually drop into, you know, even looking up during the day and it's a blue sky and realizing, wow, that's just an illusion because all those stars from the night sky are up there right now, but I just can't see them because I don't, I don't know. They say, I don't even know if this is true, but I remember when I was younger, they said, it's why is the sky blue? It's because the, the sun rays reflect off the, the ocean or something. But I don't know if that's, there's any validity to that, but the illusion that there is no stars during the day, but they're still up there. And there really is like, it's an illusionary atmosphere that is like some kind of gas that's protecting us from literally space, which is really not that far up. I think it's only like a mile or something up until we actually reach the beginning of space. And so we're walking on the surface of this rock that's floating through the eternal void of the universe. And we get so caught in these stories of our human existence. And there's infinite number of stories happening, infinite number of experiences just on this planet during this plane of existence during this day and age. And it's very overwhelming to even like, comprehend that. But when you do it, it kind of gives you this sense of, of awe and, and freedom to understand that the stories are just stories. And we have the ability when you start doing the work to start to create a story that we want to live. And we can talk a little bit about later in the show, how there's this collective story going on that some people might feel helpless, right? Because it's like, how can I show up in a world where there's so much fear, so much suffering, so much going on collectively in this grander story because we have our own individual story and we're showing up and it's hard to, you know, create this new world, this new reality individually, but we all are aspects and we all play a part in trying to make the world a better place for all by the way we show up with love and compassion. Wow. That was a, that was the beginning, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just like mainline the coffee into your arm or something like that? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the quantum coffee. It just started getting me going. There's something yeah. in coffee. Yeah, and it kind of like a few years ago, I was in Guatemala and I went to Tikal, which is the Mayan ruins in, I guess it's the northern part of Guatemala, more towards the Yucatan Peninsula by Mexico. And I spent some time there, about four or five days you know, going through the ruins in Tikal and another place called Yasha, which is just amazing. Like Yasha is this place with just these 
almost like uncovered ruins. So you'll see like these pyramids and these ruins and some of it is like covered by overgrowth still and like trees and jungle. And it's just, it's spectacular. But one thing I noticed and the feeling that I got just being there was how connected they were to everything and the the stars in the sky and the nature and the earth and, you know, how everything was in perfect alignment to certain aspects of, of, of the sky. And, you know, as we were walking through and the guide said, you know, these three pyramids are aligned to the Orion's belt, just like the pyramids in Egypt. And I was like, son of a bitch, man. Like, how, like they were just connected, you know, like all over the world at that time, they were connected. And you're right. Like we, we, who even looks up at this? I can't even see stars in New York. Like I don't yeah. see, I see like maybe like the North star and that's it. And it's, it's like one star. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> horrible. And, every now and, then. and I think there's this direct correlation. And I was talking to one of my friends who's very into the stars and actually Sarah um, has, has talked about an experience she's connected with. I think his name's Jeff Pulver, but he does this experience down in the, I think it's Turks and Caicos or some kind of Island where it's like the bet, one of the best places in the world to see the stars. Cause it's like so pitch black, but we're in this like modern technologically advanced where we have all this artificial light. And I truly believe there's gotta be this correlation between our separation because we think we're such an evolved um, we're in an evolved day and age because we have such technology and the industrial revolution, we were able to create all this stuff, but we're really not as connected to the experience of life. We're actually more disconnected. And I think there's a huge correlation to mental health um, issues, emotional health, um, spiritual health, like really disconnecting from the universe, from God, from this grander experience of the cosmos, because we actually like a lot of people living in New York city, their entire lives, they never actually see the stars. And when you first do, when you haven't, it is a spiritual experience because it makes you feel so small in this grander universe, right? Like really understanding like, Whoa, look at all those stars. We're just on this little rock floating through this little galaxy. And then all the science and, and telescopes we have to even see, you know, like when you look at a photo from the Hubble telescope and you look through a straw and then you take what's in that straw, there's literally like, millions of full galaxies full of billions of stars it's incomprehensible but we go through our daily lives with ever actually thinking about that and i think these older civilizations when they didn't have all these lights and stuff they literally every night looked up and communed with the stars and and connected with them and connected with god because there it was so much more still and quiet and they're connected to nature and it's almost like this story of separation where we are the gods right and we are trying to control nature and and we're to a point now where we're actually killing it off and it almost seems like we're in this this really kind of intense moment in human history and planetary history of we have a choice to really wake up and collaborate with mother earth or continue to try and control it and eventually um you know, go to this extinction event. And there's a lot of people, really smart people talking about all these existential crises that we are facing as a humanity right now. And it's just really fascinating to, uh, to witness and be a part of. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, last weekend I went to the, the New York Botanical Gardens, a friend of mine, she had a, uh, tickets to head this exhibit. There's this, uh, Japanese artist called Kusama. 
And she has these like large sculptures and they were placed at different areas of the, of the gardens. There's a crypto called Kusama too. There is Kusama. <laughs> too. And that's what I was like, I was like, we'll I was telling crypto, my friend, yeah. I'm like, I was like, this, you know, there's, by the way, there's a Kusama crypto. And, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe there's NFTs of this artwork. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it just probably is. It's possible. Yeah, but you know, besides that, we're walking around the, the gardens and it's just kind of beautiful. And there's a redwood tree in New York that actually had a redwood tree. I was like, I was kind of attracted to this tree and I went over to this tree and I'm like, this is amazing. It wasn't as big as the redwoods in California, but um, it was a redwood tree. But walking around the gardens, I'm, I was just kept thinking to myself, like, the person that actually planted these trees is no longer with us, right? Like, because these trees take... 50, 100 years to grow. But he worked on this garden or they worked on this garden for the future, right? For future people to enjoy because they might not have even seen the culmination of what, that, what these gardens have become or will become. And I thought, how powerful is that, right? Like to tend the space, tend your space, not for yourself, but for future generations. And like how beautiful that was. And I just got like so attracted to the idea and, and, you know, the same friend, very good friends with us. She's also, she's a professional tango dancer. And during the whole quarantine, we would go to another uh, kind of private garden in Montclair, New Jersey, where it was the same thing. It was like this guy built these gardens, you know, a hundred years ago, but he built them for like future generations to enjoy. And if we all just kind of went in, with that idea, right? Like we're not building all this shit for ourselves. We're, we're building for the future, like mm-hmm. for our kids and our grandkids and, and uh, the future generations to enjoy. And it, it, walking around, I just really got a, a huge sense of the fact that like these people weren't building this for themselves. I mean, they're getting the, the, the joy of, of working with nature and the earth, but they're really building it for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're all, we're all connected. And that's one thing having, having Luca, my son, it's like, I feel so much more connected to the fact that we are all connected. Right. Like until I didn't really fully understand, like I, I came out of my mother. Right. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, there's, I'm kind of like end in line, but now that I've continued that experience and something has come from me and this creation, it's like, Oh wow. Everybody has come from a womb and then they continue to create. So even on that like biological level, we are all connected. Like every single person was a baby coming from their mother at some point. It's like, and that's like what infinity is. We're con- constantly just recreating through nature. And there's this, I think Zach Bush was talking about it. It's like this, this evolutionary biology, right? And it's, it's this story of this collective story of trying to live forever, right? We're, a lot of talk around the singularity and we're on the verge of trying to convert, like move our consciousness into AI so that we can live forever. But when you start understanding, you know, and widening the lens out and connecting with God or or the universe or spirituality or the energy of the universe, the energy of consciousness, the psyche, whatever you want to call it, we already are infinite. Right. And so it's, it's not that we're not going to, have an experience after death, but the story of who we are, right? The ego construct is what's trying to live forever. And until you fully understand that the ego is just a story 
it's just a construct. It's not actually real. And through different experiences to reach that level, to really start questioning the story of, of this thing that is running your life. And it's really hard for people to see behind that veil. Right. And it's, there's, it's infinite layers of that story. Right. And you can keep going deeper and deeper. And until we do that and start connecting with the, the infinite experience, it's like, yeah, like biology, maybe biology isn't the lesson here. And this, I think this is what Zach Bush was talking about. I watched an interview with him. It's like, we are trying to live forever, but maybe that the biology is here in the grander scheme of the cosmos. Like we're actually spirits coming here to learn a lesson. It's not about living forever as humanity, but coming here to learn lessons in the grander scheme of the cosmos. And talk about the importance of that spiritual connection of understanding that we are infinite beings. And it's hard for people to really understand that even like religious dogmatic belief structures, there's still so much fear around what happens when you die. And even the people that believe like, okay, if I believe that Jesus died for my sins and I'm going for heaven, going to heaven, it, it, it almost absolves them of responsibility in this lifetime. And yeah, it's just really fascinating how we're trying to create so we can live forever. Like we're and even like the, 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 the COVID thing, right? Like a few people die. Like, I think if you look at the numbers, like it's not, there hasn't been that many more deaths. I haven't looked at the numbers in a while, but a normal flu season. Right. But it's, it's been blown way out of control because there's people dying. And so it's like, we have to shut down the entire world to save lives because death is the enemy. And until we fully understand death and confront it and are okay with it, we're not going to actually be able to fully live. We're going to be continuing to create safety and, um, not, you know, like stay, stay in my house because I don't want to go outside because I might die. And it's like this fear of death is actually keeping us from fully living. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I think about death all the time. Like, so I, so for me, this is, you know, it's not there. My, my perspective on death is, is way different than most people that I know. And even like, you know, in my office, you know, a, you know, talk with the, the the people that I work with. And sometimes I'll bring up death. And I'm like, yeah, but we're, we're all going to die. And they're like, but we don't want to think about that right now. I'm like, but why not? Like, you're going to die someday. Like, I have this thing on my phone that has, like, my life in weeks and, like, how many weeks I've lived and, like, how many weeks, like, estimate. Powerful. Wow. And, like, for me, that's just, it's, like, my cover screen. And my assistant was like, she, she was like, what's that? I'm like, that's, that's how much time I have left on the earth approximately. She goes you're crazy. I'm like, no, but like, I look at this and it like, it, it inspires me to live fuller. It inspires me to live more. It doesn't, it's not a fear. It's a, it's, it's a joy of life that brings me to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I, I have, you know, I don't want to squander it. Like I don't want to waste, you know, squander my life. Um, That's the beautiful, like the real gift of creation and the universe and God to us is impermanence. Right. Like if, if we didn't know we were going to die, then what would be the point of living? Yeah. And, and I think it would just be, I don't know. I think it would get boring after a while. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, especially people keep on playing the same old stories over and over again. Like, at some point, you just get sick of everybody's fucking stories. You just yeah. Right. <laughs> I, love the, I love the Alan Watts. I think is the one who talks about this, and he's like, imagine if you're in your dreams, right? Let's say when you dream, 
and you, and you get to choose your dreams and you go into a dream space and you live the perfect life. You live forever. You get to do whatever you want. It's like so fun. There's no suffering. It's just like eternal bliss. Eventually you're going to wake up and you're going to do that however many times and you're just going to get bored of it. And then eventually when you go into your dream, you're going to be like, okay, maybe I want to challenge. Maybe I want something to kind of like challenge me a little bit. And so you go and maybe you experience something that's a little bit harder you're like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause it's, it's, it's more fun. It's more exciting. And eventually you're going to get to a point in the infinite experience that we're having. If you're able to have these infinite dream spaces, you're going to want to experience all of it. And if you think of that perspective as if we're like, you know, let's say we're souls that choose to come into this dream reality and the universe created the experience of impermanence of forgetting what the grander scheme is, because without that forgetting, without that, not knowing initially, then there would be no real, um, sense of urgency. There'd be no, the game wouldn't be as fully alive if the ultimate, um, the ultimate experience of, of death, right? Like the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate game is we're playing, right? Like everything matters. Like you could, you could die at any moment. And it's like, that is what makes you feel so alive. And that is the beautiful experience. You have to be able to widen the lens of, of, of your perception and you have to be able to confront and think about your own death. Like even I, I'm in part of this forum and one of my, um, my friends, it's, it's some entrepreneurs. And he was talking about how he talked to one of his mentors who, and, and these guys are, are very successful. They have um, a good amount of wealth. Um, and he was talking to one of his friends that's really successful and he kind of like just lives large and he kind of talked to me. He's like, Hey man, like, you know, it seems like you're having so much fun you're in your, you're living life to the fullest. And he's like, yeah, you know what it is. I, 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 um, I got my will in order. I got a trust. I, I know that when I die, my finance, my finances are going to be taken care of. My assets can be taken care of. My family's going to be taken care of. And that allows me to live for more fully. Cause I don't have to worry about that. And so the guy in my forum is like, Oh, it's so fascinating. So he went and he, he's been resisting, like putting, um, going and talking to a person and doing a trust and a will, because then you have to actually write a letter at, as if you dead to the people. Mm. And that's confronting. And he's like, it was a, Cause it was a really challenging story. And like, I had to like work through my own death and it was really powerful. But now that I have this, you know, know that my assets are going to be taken care of. I have a life insurance policy. And I kind of challenged him. I was like, do you think maybe there's a deeper layer to this? And maybe that that guy was living more fully because he confronted his death and he realized there's an impermanence to life. So I'm going to live more fully because I know I'm going to die someday. And I don't think maybe there is a, a feeling of security because you know, your loved ones are going to be taken care of, but I don't think that's the problem. People confront death. It's not like, Oh, what's going to happen to the people I love? Sure. That's an aspect of it, but it's this ultimate fear of like, what happens when I die? Is it nothingness? Do I go somewhere else? Like what has happened? And people are so scared of that. And so I told that to him, he's like, wow, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I'm like, yeah, once you fully understand that you're going to die someday and, and, and that's why it's such a beautiful gift. Then you can start living more fully and not get so attached to the material world, to the things that you're creating, to, to showing up and working a nine to five so that you're just suffering to get to some distant future and to realize like, it's like the old, the old paradigm of like working till you're 65 to make enough money to retire, to finally start enjoying life. And then by then you're kind of older, your body's not working as well. You haven't taken care of it. You're stressed out, like all these things. And you kind of just, there's, there's nothing. I think a lot of people are getting to that point and waking up and being like, wait, what, what, what am I doing this for? And I think even, you know, the people that I, I read this book one time where it was, um, they asked, a lot of people that were older, maybe on their deathbeds. And they were like, what's your biggest regret? 
And it was always stuff that they didn't do that they felt called to do, but they decided not because they were trying to, they were playing it safe. And that, that that's such a big lesson to like research that read that stuff, like really bring it into your awareness. Cause if you don't, I know it's, it's scary to think about, but those courageous enough to look at that and understand the impermanence are the ones that learn to really break out of the programming. And I mean, you can work your nine to five, you can do whatever you want to do, but do it from a place of presence and love. Cause you know, it's so impermanent. And then if something is calling you within yourself to go experience something, and there might be some fear there to like work through that. Cause you know that, you know, I'm going to die someday. So I'm going to go experience this now. And there's something in me that wants to experience it. So I'm going to go do that. And we can kind of dive into our own experiences of that in this life of, of this kind of bigger transitions. I know it's something that's very present with what you're kind of going through because you're, you're moving through um, letting go of kind of an old way of life and moving into, into something new. And it, it does take a lot of courage to go into the unknown and question those stories. Even if you'd, like someone as uh, as grounded as you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it is the unknown, right? It's like, I don't know. I don't know what, what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't know what the road ahead is going to look like. You know, and, you know, just like the guy that's leaving all his money to his family and the trust can never shield his family from suffering, right? How can he... I mean, you're giving them money, but how do you know that money's not going to cause suffering for the person that you, you just, you don't know. Like, you don't know. It's just like, it's, everything is unknowable. Like you can't predict what's going to happen in, in your life, in the future and in anything. We think that we can, and we have such control over it, you know, and we have kind of no control over it. And I know me, I've spent like, you know, definitely the first part of my life from like birth until graduation of dental school, like pretty much a straight path. Right. I mean, I had fun. I did the things and whatever, but it was like this one main path, this one main goal to this, to this one end point. And, uh, you know, since then, God, my life has been just so incredibly unpredictable. You know, I had, when I graduated dental school, when I actually got like one of my first paychecks, I went on a snowboarding trip to Lake Tahoe. Right. And this is about, I don't know, 21 years ago or whatever. And I had learned to snowboard on the East Coast, right? East Coast is like all ice. So you just carve it and like you're flying down the mountain. You carve, you carve, you carve, you carve, you carve. You get down as fast as you could and then you're there and you're finished. Then you go back up and you do it again. And, you know, I went out to Tahoe and I met this girl. And she was a cocktail waitress at uh, Caesars, the hotel casino i don't think it's there anymore but i met her we connected and then we spent next week snowboarding so we went to the top of the mountain go down and i do my usual east coast thing i can flying down the mountain just carving and going straight down and i would be waiting for her for like a half an hour 40 minutes and i'd be like this girl sucks like she says she's skiing all the time in tahoe she says she's like a good snowboarder she, she can't even get down the mountain she must be falling and so I get to the top and I'm like, all right, I'm going to follow her. Right. And so I start following her and then she kind of like goes off into the trees, comes out of the trees, hits some jumps, goes off the other side into the trees a little bit more, comes out and she's exploring the whole mountain. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, this is 
this is this is how you snowboard. It's just the it's not a like straight run from top to bottom. It's just a complete exploration of the mountain. And that kind of became like a metaphor for what my life has become since like literally that point, you know, because so much has changed and there's just so many different areas where I've explored from Buddhism to shamanism to Tai Chi and martial arts to Argentine tango and a lot of, you know, other things. And so now I'm kind of transitioning out of, out of dentistry and I have kind of some ideas of where, my heart wants me to go or where my heart's leading or where kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm attracted, right? These areas where I'm attracted, I still have no fucking clue what's going to happen. That's a beautiful story. Let's talk about like, cause, cause obviously where we're at collectively in the story that we're kind of moving through, there's a lot of transition going on for people personally and with their, with their vocations and, and their jobs and, relationships maybe and just you know collectively with all these different things what what because you've built a very successful dental practice you have um you know your own property you have a really amazing client list you've created this thing over decades right and you teach at um nyu right Mm-hmm. And you you pay it forward, and that's one of your favorite things to do with with teaching kids about dentistry. And so it's it's really become such a big, huge part of of your identity and the story that you're living now. Although you have a wide breadth of experience in a lot of different things, but what was the initial thing of like, okay, maybe it's time to move on from this thing? And I think a lot of people that might be so deep into what they've created for themselves it's really challenging to like, let go of that, right? Let go of that identity, that success. I mean, you're one of the top in your field, but you've come to a point where it's like, okay, like what's the next experience? There's something within me telling me it's time to move on. Like talk a little bit about that. And what, what is the feelings that come up that are calling you to that thing? I mean, I think for me, it was, you know, everything that I've wanted to accomplish in my field, I've done it. Like I, I checked off all the checklists. I think it's probably a lot of people who are in my position and want to kind of transfer into something else have checked off a lot of those checklists in their careers, right? Like I've done this check, I've done that check. Um, what more is there? I mean, there could be more, but... You know, there's something that's, that's like, it's a dying of an identity, right? Like it's, it's, I'm known as Dr. Mike, right? Like you even call me Dr. Mike, like everybody calls me. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it, it, you know, it gets to the point where like, I've done the Dr. Mike story and you know, what else is there now? Like what else is there? It's just the, having the ability to recreate the story is exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to just consistently churn up the same story kind of over and over again. And within the Dr. Mike story, I've, I've checked off all of the kind of boxes that I wanted to in my career. It's been extremely fulfilling. And especially in the last five years, you know, uh, teaching at NYU, it's a really, really special program with international dentists, aesthetic dentistry. And I really, really connect with them. I think that's the biggest part of my identity that's going to be difficult to let go of. Because it is, you still have to let go of it, right? Like it has to be kind of a death and a rebirth. Like Dr. Mike's got to die 
and something else has to be born. I don't even know what the hell that is anymore or what that's going to be. Um, and it's a little scary, right? And I haven't yet made the full transition. I'm still a dentist. I'm in the process of doing it. I'm in the process of having my practice sold. I'm still teaching at NYU. I was with my students yesterday. So that identity is still there. I see it kind of waning a little bit, but it's still something that's very fulfilling to me. So, you know, when the time comes, I don't know, you know, I don't know exactly how it's going to be. And I know you've been through that too. You know, when like you, you, you know, when you're kind of making the decision that maybe this is the end for me and then actually having made that decision and walking away at two different things, right? Like I still have a little bit of that identity left in me. I haven't yet cut it off and, and moved on, but I know I will. Mm. And it's scary, it's a little scary, but at the same time, you know, incredibly exciting because it is like completely into the unknown. Yeah, I think it's important for, for the listeners to understand like, it's, it's, it's a subtle thing, but, and it doesn't make it any easier, but when you can find that excitement for the adventure, right. For, for the unknown, for, for the next opportunity to learn and to grow and to experience something new. And I, I definitely felt that like my last year playing, it was a kind of a slow process like you. And I realized at, I'm at the first game of my final season, like this is going to be it. I'm going to, I'm going to be done playing this year. And it allowed me to be very present, but I, I had given football everything I had, right. I, I checked up all the boxes and there's stuff that I wish I could have accomplished, maybe make a pro bowl, win a super bowl, all these things. But I had, I had done a lot in football and there was a part of me that was really excited about being done playing. Right. I was like, okay, I, I'm 29 and I've been doing this thing for so long. Like, I want to know who I am like outside of this, I want to know who I am in relation to the world. I want to know, like, and I always had this resistance when I was playing. And I, I know you've said this with the, with the Dr. Mike thing, like you meet people and you say, yeah, I'm a dentist. And they start talking about dentistry. Like they know what they're talking about. You're just like, I don't want to fucking talk about dentistry. It's like the same thing with football, right? It's like, yeah, I, I, I had resistance to telling people I played football because then their whole demeanor would change. And so I had a lot of resistance to like, okay, I want to be known for something other than football. And a part of me was excited for that. But when I went through the transition and the finality of it, it was, it was not easy by any means, but I was, I, I had the courage to keep going, to go into the unknown, to go discover what is this thing I'm being called to do and experience. I have no idea what it is, but I'm going to go find it because this thing is, it's in the rear view. I can't go back and I can't just sit in it and ponder like what if and 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 wish i was still playing and like there's a part of me that still misses it right but it's having to the finality of it and being able to let go and then going on this adventure to continue to discover it's like that's the difference right is the is the excitement for the adventure and that doesn't take away the challenge at all it's going to be challenging but when you can reframe the challenge as excitement as opportunity as moving into something that you're being called to do, I think that's the real shift. Cause I think a lot of people get kind of debilitated by that fear, but when you can learn to be, feel alive in that fear, in that unknown. And what I've realized through every major transition, whether it's going, leaving home for the first time and going to college, going from college to the pros and just going into these unknown situations and all the fear that was there and like wanting to go back into the, the world before, like my rookie year, a lot of my teammates in college were still playing and together. And I was like, man, I wish I was with them. And I remember when I first left 
home and went to college that my first year was really challenging. I was like, I wish I was still in high school with my friends. And, you know, as it grew and every time I looked back a couple years later in those moments when I was in fear and unknown in a new situation, the, all those moments were when I felt the most alive, when it was most exciting, when there was like adventure and I was present, I was trying to figure it out. And so I've learned through all those different experiences, like to really enjoy being in that space of the unknown. And now I've gotten to a place where I almost, I desire to recreate it because that's where the love for life really lives is in the unknown is in the openness to like, what does the universe have, you know, and, and as humans, we like crave certainty and comfort so much, but until you learn to continue to get outside your comfort zone, you're not going to really learn who you are on a deeper level. And that's why I love the quote on the other side of fear lies freedom. And I am on this journey to really explore freedom. And for me to really feel free is to continue to push towards the things that I'm scared of, the things that make me uncomfortable and not attaching to them, but just being in that experience to feel alive and, and continue to learn and grow. And I think that's really what this experience of life is all about. It's not, it's not the story of, of, of making a living and building comfort and then one day dying. And I think it comes back to that idea of death. Like until you can fully confront your death, how are you going to really fully live? Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. There's, there's certain things that, that scare me about it. Like I'm comfortable, right? I'm super comfortable. I have a community around me, whether it be in dentistry or in tango. Like I have a feeling, like extremely fulfilling. And to just completely let that go and not know what's going to happen next is scary. I'm happy. Like I'm, I'm happy. Like I'm super happy. It's not like I'm not happy and I'm miserable and I'm leaving something that I'm like completely miserable and I'm moving on and hoping that I find something better. Not looking for something better, but just knowing it's time for a change and understanding that life is impermanent. And there might be a little bit levels that you can reach higher and little more levels of growth, but you know, you're, you're kind of created this comfort zone and, and it's almost like, okay, now what, what, what else is there to experience? And there's a lot that goes into that, right? There is, there has to be this sort of ego death, but I think there's a lot of beauty when you go through these big transitions and really honor that because it does kind of force you to start asking these bigger existential questions of who am I without this thing? Who am I in relation to the world? Who am I in relation to others? Who am I in the eyes of others? Because one of the unique challenges that I faced that I didn't really understand uh, fully until I went through it is it's not only my identity that's wrapped up in this thing, but it's the, the, the way the world views me, you know, and part of me wanted to know who am I on this without this thing that I had spent my entire life pursuing. I played football for 16 years. It was my singular goal and focus for so long. And then there was a part of me like, I want to explore the freedom from this thing. And it was not just the freedom from the game, the pain, the physical pain, the mental stress, the emotional anxiety, but really like knowing who I am and what the world had to offer in a different story. I wanted to know it, if I could live a different story, like who am I in a different story? And then realizing like, oh, I need to, like people's story of me is this thing. And, you know, if, and I didn't really know who I was. And until I figured out who I was, I couldn't really show up because I didn't know who I was. How do I expect others to know who I was? And that's kind of what led me on this journey to figure that out. I think that's really important, but going through that big transition and that ego death and the humility it takes um, to make that decision, um, it's a really beautiful opportunity to, to figure out on a deeper level who, who you are. Yeah. And I, I, 
I feel on a couple of different levels. I know who I am and I don't know who I am. And I, 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 and I feel like at the same time, it's unknowable who you'll become. Right. So this, I mean, know thyself. I mean, it's kind of written on Delphi, like, you know, the whole Delphi thing, like know thyself. It's a big Greek kind of saying. And yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. I've kind of lived my life by that. I've always been trying to look like, who am I? Who am I? Like, what am I? And I, I know. And every time I say, I know what I am, I cringe. <laughs> like, like I get like this cringe. It's like, I, you know, I, I know I'm greater than my ego. I know I'm greater than my personality. I know I'm, I'm, I'm not my story. You know, um, I've had, you know, experiences that, connected with me infinite i've had experiences that have caused ego death i've had experiences that have caused integration of ego back into my 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 experience so i know that what people perceive me as is completely malleable to some extent right like i know my identity and my story is completely malleable to some extent right i mean i have a history uh, I, I have a personality. I have, you know, certain traits, whether you call them astrological or, or whatever, like there's character traits, like I'm fiery and spontaneous. Like that's, can I stop being fiery and spontaneous? I have, I have no idea. Right. I don't think I can. I think that's just kind of who I am to a certain extent. So I know that like, what I show to the world is completely malleable and that I can change my story. And at the same time, I am something greater than that story. Other than that, I, 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 I don't know. Like I, I know what I'm attracted to, what I'm connected to, what get me, what gets me excited, you know? So those are kind of the, the, the areas and the directions that I know that I should be moving. Right. Um, but other than that, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, I have no idea. And I, I wish I can give you a better answer. Yeah. The not knowing is the, is the powerful, powerful place to, to sit in. I think that's a real big problem with where we're at collectively is people get so attached to their story, get attached to their, their life and then get attached to their ideologies, their belief structures, their systems, and they don't ever actually question any of it and the importance and to question. And I think when you go down this path of question, it takes questioning, it takes a lot of courage to question your own story. And um, let's explore that, the, the, the ego and then like the deeper energy, right? Cause you're really into astrology. There is this, and you know, I've, I've noticed looking at my son um, who's like nine weeks old right now, I can see his personality, right? I, like everybody's born with an essence, right? And I think everybody that has kids is like, where does this personality come from? Where does their sense of humor come from? Like, is that something that's learned? But no, there's a deeper essence of of the soul or the or the spirit of the individual, right? And then you talk about astrologically, there's these imprints of energies that you can actually, through these different teachings that are, you know, millennia years old, 
um, understand like your energy and how you show up in the world. But then there's the ego, which is the story and the construct through experiences that you've had in this life that kind of define and program who you are in relation to this finite experience of your human life in this moment. So let's talk about and explore that a little bit, the difference between that ego story and then that essence, that's that deeper part of who you are and how they're kind of intertwined and, and really how do you figure out what one is, what one is the other and, and, and work into like the dance of life inter intermingling both of them. Cause you do, you know, a lot of people in the spiritual community talk about transcending the ego, killing the ego. And there is an aspect of truth to that. But as you and I both know, through some deep experiences of like actually having no ego, you can't actually experience this reality without that story of separation, which is what the ego is. So it's the ego is actually the gift that gives us the experience of otherness, but learning how to integrate that into the essence of who we are so that we can live fully more presently and navigate life with this, this deeper trust of the unknown. Yeah. Your description of it was like, Perfect. I mean, like literally, I mean, I can't really add to it. We could just kind of, you know, look into it. Yeah. I, I, I studied astrology. I don't look at everything astrologically anymore, you know, but I, I, I do appreciate the aspects of the energies that people are kind of coming into this world with. And I think astrology is a way to describe those energies, you know, like me being having an Aries sun, which is Aries is like the beginning. It's the explosion. It's uh, cardinal fire. So it's spontaneous. It's starting things. It's leadership. It's, uh, you know, all these things that have creation or about creation. And to deny that within me would be denying or kind of suppressing an energy that's, kind of there all the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I know astrology is more complicated than just your sun sign. It's your, you know, your rising sign, your moon sign. It's where your, uh, you know, your Mars is. And this, yeah, this, it's very, very kind of complex. And the sun sign is just like a simplification of that. But that's what gives everybody their unique individual imprint. Kind of, you know, the planets describing your energetic kind of you know, fingerprint as, when you come into the universe. And it just seems like it's just so accurate as far as like the more I got into it and the more I would be, you know, doing readings for people. And, and it's just like, it's just like the perfect description. It also, you know, again, go back to know, you know, know thyself. Like it allows you to know the energies that are living inside you. So like if you're feeling something, you're like, okay, that makes sense now. You know, um, so it's a, it's one way to know thyself, right? So, yeah, I mean, you come into the world with these energies and then, you know, it's the whole nature and nurture thing. Like why do children have different personalities? Why does a brother and sister that were kind of coming into the same family with the same, you know, nurturing, right? Same environment. Why do they have such different personalities? And I think astrology is one way of, of, of kind of describing that. And now when the ego kind of comes in, it's like, you know, you have this, you know, energetic kind of uh, blueprint or fingerprint that where you come into the world with, and then you have to interact with the world. And, 
you know, by interacting with the world, that's where the ego and the whole personality kind of, you know, develops. It's your interaction and your reaction. Um, you know, and the ego is not a bad thing. I mean, in the end, like I look at the ego as like, has been always there to protect me. Like it's never been there to, to harm me. Right. Like it's never been there to, it's always been there to kind of protect me. And what I mean by it's by protect me, it's, it's kind of like show me where like my resistances are, show me where maybe like my excesses might be, uh, show me where I'm stuck in some areas, you know? So my ego tends to be this thing that, that, you know, I could see and learn from, you know, and in a way it's, it's, it has to go back and forth. And like a lot of times I go into my ego, like for example, not to bring, like, yeah, bring into crypto, like when Elon, all this shit. Right. And like, I noticed myself like getting all fiery about it. And I know it's just a story. Like, but at the same time, like it was like, fuck him. Like, you know, <laughs> prick bastard and like manipulating the market. And when you're not, completely in your ego and you're kind of navigating and kind of weaving, like you said, you can have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. you can have fun with that story and not necessarily take that story so seriously. Yeah. And I think that's the importance, right. Is not attaching to the story, but being able to see it as the story and it's doing the work to become the observer of the story, which is that, that is the deeper essence, the, the, the psyche, the unconscious, the God, the universe, the, the energy that is the experience that is putting us all together. And, you know, I've started understanding deeper, like what the Holy Trinity really is, right? Like the, the, the mind, body, spirit, the father, the son, the Holy spirit, the, like all these different things where there's, there's these three aspects, right? And if we break that down, mind, body, spirit, or father, son, Holy spirit, um, we got the body, right? The physical body, which is having this experience in this plane. It's the gift that we get to interact with. And then you have the The mind. It's the the humanity. humanity. And then we have the mind, which is the story, the ego, the interpreter of the experience that most people get lost in. And then we have the spirit, which is the energy of the entire experience, the essence of it, the soul, the, the energy that's kind of holding this whole experience together. And, and those three together is the Holy Trinity, right? The mind, body, spirit, all interacting as one. And you need all of them to have the experience, but so many people get attached really in that mind space, right? And they don't understand that they are not their mind. Their mind is a tool to interact with reality and create the story so that they can live. But when you start transcending that and realizing you have the power to create a story, you don't have to be a victim to the story that you've been living. You have the power to recreate, but you have to start understanding the mind and listening to the mind and watching the mind from this place of the observer, not attaching to it. And even that, you know, I think a lot of people get disassociated from the body because the body is finite, right? The body is mortal. And so when people don't actually fully confront their death, they disassociate from the body because the body even unconsciously is, this thing's going to die one day. So I'm going to live up in this mind and this ego and this story because the story, I feel safe in the story. And so it kind of absolves me of responsibility of taking caring, taking care of the thing in the body. And people actually don't actually connect the mind and the, and the body because to do so, they'll, they'll feel the pain, they'll feel the suffering, they, they you know, they don't actually know what it means to feel good in the body. 
And that's another thing that kind of keeps them in that, that lower level of awareness because they get stuck in the stories. And so it's really understanding how these three things really interact and finding the balance between them all and needing them all to have the experience. But you start realizing, okay, that my body is a part of this experience. I need to really take care of this thing as a temple and really feed it good fuel and, and, and realizing like, this is the thing I'm interacting with reality with. And then understanding the mind, like I am not the mind, but the mind is a tool to create a story that I want to live in unison with the body. And then to understand the spirit and have that spiritual connection, no matter how, what, like how you define it. I mean, we really don't know what it is. And even when we decide to pr- create a belief structure or even put terms to it and words to it, it's kind of diminishing the, the, the in- ineffableness of what it is, but to really have a connection to it, right? You have to have a connection to something greater than yourself in order to find real fulfillment. I think that's a huge thing that's missing in our society and culture is like, this understanding that there is a, a grander experience, a grander intelligence that is creating this experience. I mean, even a simple understanding that like my heart, right? My heart beats unconsciously. There's nothing I have to do for my heart, the intelligence of my body to digest food, to heal itself, to pump life force energy throughout my body. Like I, there's like, that's an intelligence I have no access to. It's just, it's just there. Right. And that's the cool thing about what the breath is as a bridge to that connection, right? Is the breath is the only thing, unless you're like maybe a a deep um, Himalayan monk that can control his heartbeat or whatever. But for most of us, like the breath is that bridge from the conscious and the unconscious because you have to breathe to survive and you're breathing unconsciously. And how many people go through their entire day? Like if you're listening to this, when's the last time that you took an actual conscious breath, right? And you brought your awareness into your breath. And when you do this, something really magical happens. It's like, it's this unconscious thing that the intelligence behind the scenes is taking care of it. Then all of a sudden my awareness goes, I can decide to breathe and control my breath in and out. And it's like, Whoa. And that connects you into your body, into the greater experience, into the present moment. And so the, the breath is this gift on multiple levels too, because understanding, I, I heard this quote the other, the other day, which I thought was really beautiful is the breath is like the umbilical cord to the universe. It's the thing that is attaching us to everything, right? You breathe in, you breathe out, and you have to have that attachment to this reality. And so you're literally breathing in the experience around you and breathing out. And so it's this thing that is constantly connecting you to the grander experience of life. And without it, you, would, you wouldn't exist. And so we all breathe. We're all connected into the experience. Like, that really blew my mind. If you start really thinking about what that means, it's this attachment to the experience. It's this cord that is latching us into each other. And we're both latched to the same thing. It's another way to understand the oneness of the experience for all these separate aspects still attached to the experience through our breath. Mm. Wow. I mean, that's an amazing visual, like this, the breath being the cord to the universe. Everybody's connected to it, right? And then when you lose your last breath, the detachment from that cord, like it's just... I mean, you could just sit there and think about that for like years, like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's completely mind blowing, right? Like I'm breathing now and I'm just like, it's the cord to the universe. It's just why I'm it just, I've never thought of it as the cord to the universe, right? Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. It's I've like, done a lot of body practices and, you know, I've, I've yeah, but the breath is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's kind of mind-blowing. And I've, you know, again, I've done 
a lot of meditation and I followed my breath and well, I counted my breath and aware of my breath and, but I've never thought of my breath as the cord of the universe. That's cool, man. Thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. What are some other practices that are, you know, really important? Because what I've found is you never fully arrive, right? Like you're, they, they call it practice for a reason because it's not something that you, you just do and then transcend and all of a sudden you become enlightened. It's like this constant showing up and questioning the stories because that, that the stories, they're so nuanced and fickle and they can creep into your awareness and become the story that you're living so quickly. And I think that's why it's so important to always question, right? Always question everything. Even if you're like, oh, I figured it out. The inner skeptic has to even be skeptical of that. And like, even you're talking about astrology, right? Like I used to have so much resistance to astrology. I grew up in the Christian faith. So I was like, you know, astrology, that's like some who and like you read an astrology chart that someone writes. And it's almost like my inner skeptic says, well, they're kind of talking both sides of their mouth. So anybody can read something like that and be like, oh, that resonates with me and take like 10% of it because it, it feels resonant with them. But the other stuff that didn't really hit on, they're like, oh, that's just that doesn't matter because this part resonated with me and then they think the whole thing resonates with them. And so like having that inner skeptic is, is really important, but then having that, the understanding that what do we really know? Right. And I'd love to dive deeper into astrology actually, because it is this connection to the cosmos, right? Like Mars, your sun sign, like all this stuff, where did the history of astrology come from and how did they get this information from the stars and the energies and, and actually you know, imprint into who we are. And, you know, it's, it's really quite fascinating. And there's, it's not just astrology, there's human design. There's all these different things that are like the energies of who we are uh, in relation to the cosmos into this human experience. Do you know anything about like the history of it and, and how it connects us to the stars and what that each even means? Yeah, no, not really. I mean, I don't <laughs> remember it. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I, I, I studied it a few years ago and I haven't like continuously kept up with my studies of astrology. So, you know, those are things that I haven't really like, uh, like looked into it. I mean, I just always found it fascinating and yeah, like definitely I have like my inner skeptic up with everything. Right. And do I like have a belief system around astrology? Absolutely not. Right. Like it just seems something like Newtonian physics, right. Like it totally breaks down when it comes to quantum mechanics. Like the two just don't kind of meet up, but, but it works, right? Like it works. We could build buildings with it. We could measure things with it. Like Newtonian physics work. And that's kind of how I found the astrology to be is like, is it really like true? I don't know, but it just seems to kind of work in a lot of different areas and work in kind of describing things that, that otherwise are, are more difficult to describe. You know, but at the same time, it describes things that people experience. Like it describes that fiery nature of you, or it describes that emotional side of you, or it describes that airy personality or that aloof personality. Or, you know, with you, with your Pisces moon, it describes that part of you that loves to explore the, the universe through. Hmm. Altered states of consciousness. Altered states of consciousness, right? Like, you know what's guess, funny? When I figured that, when, when you told me that, I want to share this story with people because I had, um, you know, a bit of shame around, you know, partying and, you know, I, I, I smoked a lot of weed and I continued to, to enjoy it. It, it might've become some a form of escapism, but, 
you know, and even like exploring psychedelic spaces. And there was a aspect of me that had shame around that. And until I actually got my chart read by Dr. Mike here a few years ago, and he told me, he said, Oh, that makes sense. I'm like, what? He's like, Oh, your, your moon is in Pisces. And I was like, what does that mean? And he basically said, it means you like to get fucked up. And what he means by that is like, it's, I like altered states of consciousness. I like exploring consciousness. And when he said that, it was like this, this relief of like, oh, wow. Like this is just a part of my energy signature. And it allowed me to not be trapped by that thing, but understand like, it's okay. It's okay that that's what I like to do. Like, what's the story telling me that I I shouldn't do that. Right. And when I was in that place of shame, it was, I was doing it unconsciously and it was like this form of escapism. But when I fully understand it, it's more of this exploring and understanding that altered states allow me to connect in different ways and different tools. And it's, it's de- definitely given it, it's taken its power away from it being over me and me being able to interact with it as a part of who I am and integrating it and love that, loving that part of me. It was really beautiful that the astrology actually helped me understand that because of the energy. Yeah. Know thyself. And, you know, there's, with everything, there's a positive aspect and a negative aspect. And, you know, you could take the positive aspect to be using that time to, you know, explore consciousness through meditation or through ayahuasca or whatever. And the negative aspect might be the escapism of it, right? Yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about that because, um, you know, I, I have this... I think everybody that kind of has an initial awakening or starts exploring these altered states of consciousness and understanding like, whoa, there's a deeper energy here. And I've had a little bit of this, but I've, I've been a lot more grounded in through, through my journey, but you know, people that go on this quote unquote spiritual path, right. They figure it out. They're doing these transcendent experiences. They understand God on a deeper level and they almost want to keep visiting those, those altered states, those experiences. And it almost becomes this righteous mindset of like, I understand spirituality. I'm spiritual. I'm on the spiritual path. And they, they almost dissociate from this physical plane. And it's, it is a form of escapism into this like spiritually righteous, self-righteous mode. And I think it's a very dangerous place to be. And, you know, for me, it's going on that path and understanding there is no separation between the spiritual and the physical. Like we are not, humans who have spiritual experiences and continue to try and chase those to live more spiritual life, but understanding fully full circle that we're spirits who are having a human experience and the human experience is the gift. And this entire experience of life on this planet is a spiritual experience, everything that goes along with it. And so it's almost like when, when people attach to the idea of like, I'm spiritual, I'm doing the work, I'm trying, I'm better than these people because they're just like in the physical world. And I like, don't want to be in this physical world anymore. I want to like continue to transcend and grow. And it's like, they're losing the miracle and the magic that the entire experience of life is spiritual. And I think that's a really important key for us all to get to is understand that we, we, we chose to be here to live in this experience of life and even all the challenges and growth and everything like that is the spiritual experience of growth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it's hard to have judgment, right? Because though, you know, whoever's going through that kind of the, spiritual egotism type journey that's their journey and who knows what's on the other side of that journey right like i mean i I went on my own journey like it wasn't necessarily a spiritual egotism journey it was actually probably (laughs) the opposite it was the destruction of the ego journey um so i can't necessarily comment or judge them because i respect whatever journey everybody else is on yeah it's just Uh, another journey right it's just another journey 
that we're all on a journey. And it's when you see all of the journeys as equal, it allows you to have that compassion and the equanimity to know like we're all on this path, right? All the paths are spiritual paths, not just the spiritual path. And we've all fallen into pitfalls, right? Like whatever pitfall might be, spiritual pitfall or relationship pitfall, where you're just like in this relationship with just the wrong person for, you know, ungodly amount of time that it just, well, the pitfall of like, you know, I was just talking to my friend about this, of like losing your own self-identity and creating a new identity around the relationship, right? Yes. I mean, that's a fucking pitfall that could last a while too, that when that gets rug pulled from you, you're left just not knowing who you are, right? Mm. So in life, there's just, you know, an infinite amount of pitfalls. I just like to call them learning experiences. And I, you keep on like stepping in the same hole all the time until you learn that lesson and then you climb out of that hole. And, you know, I'm sure that's going to happen with a lot of people that, you know, are grabbing onto the kind of spiritual egotism journey. You know, it'll, it'll happen. And again, maybe they, you know, maybe they crawl out of it very gracefully, right? Mm. You know, maybe they navigate and they're like realizing like, shit, like, you know, I don't need to all the time go into these realms to explore the infinite. Like I could just like sit there and look at a sunset and just like stand there with my mouth wide open being like, holy fucking shit. Well, like, <laughs> I don't know, especially like in the spring, like with all the flowers blooming, just like look at some of the flowers and just being like, Oh my, like, like how does this even happen? Like there's just, there's amazement yeah. and, and, and wonder like all around you. And yeah, it's funny. It's like, the, it's like when I look up at the clouds, it's like, okay, like science has shown me, I know what clouds are. I know how they work. Like the precipitation from the ocean, they go up into clouds and there's moisture and then they go over the mountains and then it rain falls. And it's like, okay, I understand how that works scientifically and the molecules. And I've seen all the, the things in my science books when I grew up, but having that knowledge, it, it, it dissociates us from the actual miracle of it. And I, I was looking up at the clouds the other day and I'm like, holy shit, like, but how do they work? Like, how, how is that? How is it happening? You know, like we understand, like we're on this rock and we're, and we're going around the sun and we're, we're going around this galaxy rotation. It's like, okay, I understand how that works, you know, gravity and physics and Newtonian physics, like you talked about, like it all makes sense, but it, it loses the miracle and the awe of like, holy shit, but how, <laughs> like, how does it actually work? Like how, why is it working? Like, what is this miracle that we understand how it works, but we don't understand the miracle. And that when we lose that, like the miracle of it all, like seeing a sunset and like the flowers and like really reconnecting with, with the miracle of life. I think that's the, the, the science has really gotten us to like, we want to understand so bad that we actually lose touch with just the, the awe of it all. Yeah. You just want to cut everything up and put it in a box, unfortunately. Mm. But yeah, I mean, and sometimes like psychedelics could be that bridge to the R in the universe. Right. Mm. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, where's, what's the best place to do psilocybin? Like in nature, right? Cause you just look around you and you're like, wow. Like, you know, so you might not get that in your regular life. You might take psilocybin and all of a sudden open up this whole new realm to you. But the realm isn't like in the ethereal world. The realm is like right here on earth. And it could be that bridge for you to, you know, have that experience of, of wonder in your kind of present day life. And I think for a lot of people that is, you know, and, you know, and then there's the people that get the message that they're going to save the world and, you know, they're Jesus and, 
uh, you know, and that's fine too, right? Like it's just, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's just all part of the whole the whole game. Like I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not as bothered. I'm not really bothered by it because it's it's just part of the it's just part of the play. It's just part of their game. It's part of their journey. Just like whatever my, my whatever I'm stepping in is part of my journey. I'm more more now just like just walking around like I can't fucking believe like anything is going on anymore. It's just like everything is just like holy shit from like you know you know like like again being in the in the at the New York Botanical Gardens last weekend, just looking around at these gardens, being like this guy that built this didn't even know what this was going to be like you know what i mean it's just being mm-hmm. amazed by that and that you're building it for future generations not even building it for yourself I mean, getting the joy out of the creation of it but not never seeing it to its fruition like just the wonder of that to like the wonder of like well i can't believe the world is completely batshit crazy right now <laughs> like, mm, yeah there's a lot going know, on. like it's just it's like it's just it's just you know it's just wonder at like like all oh, there's sometimes kind of horror and, and, and fear, but just also the the wonder of what the fuck all this is because nobody fucking knows. Yeah. And I love the saying, like, you've been so grounding in my journey because, and I love the saying, what you're looking for is where you're looking from. And to, to unpack that a little bit, it's like we all have this desire to know the truth, right? I think we, I truly believe that every single human's imprinted with this um, this desire to know itself, right? We are God experiencing itself with this desire to understand itself. And in the paradox of nature, we can't actually f- ever fully understand it because it's constantly folding in, its- in on itself. And that's what creates the infinite experience of uncovering what it is without actually ever reaching the end goal. Because if there was an end goal, then there would be no experience, right? And so it's this beautiful, magical unfolding and we all have this desire to know what the experience is even science right science from the physical world is like we, i want to try and understand what this experience is then the spiritual it's like i want to understand what this experience is and you have and, and the paradox is you have to go on the path of discovery to realize that where you were and where you are in this moment is where you all is what you're really looking for and so you can't actually experience that or figure that out if you don't go on the path. But as you go on the path, you realize this path, every single path that I can go on leads infinitely away from now, which is where I'm trying to get to. And some people might get lost on that path for a long time. Like we we're talking about with the spiritual egotism. It's like, I'm on this path. I need to discover the truth. I'm going to continue to go into these psychedelic realms and figure it out and downloads and downloads and figure it out. And until you realize like, oh, wow, there is nothing to figure out. It's unfigureoutable. There is an unknown. It's constantly unfolding. Like I am the creator of the experience in this present moment. What do I want to create? And so it's this beautiful paradox of like having to go on the journey and however long that journey takes for you, it doesn't really matter because it's an infinite experience. So take your time. And then once you realize, oh, I'm right here. This is where I've been trying to look for this whole time is presence. And that's what it really all comes down to. Yeah, and it could be lifetimes. Who the hell knows, right? Like mm. who the hell knows? And you know, and again, that's why I don't look at other people and, and judge their experience and the journeys that they're going on because, I don't know, they could get out of it tomorrow. They could, or maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe they yeah. are wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah. clue. You know, but yeah, I mean, for me, it was like going on that journey. And I'm sure a lot of people that I know, like seeing me go on this journey, they'd be like, what is this crazy guy doing? Like, what is, you know, like, 
But for me, it was a necessary thing. Mm. You know, I never came back and tried to, you know, force anything on anybody, but it was just a necessary personal journey that I had to go on. And like, even my future journey, like, I don't even, I don't know what it's going to be. I, I do know that it's going to be based in exactly what you're talking about. Like what you're looking for is where you're looking from. And it's going to be based on practice. It's going to be based on practice. Like whatever I'm going to do, it's going to be something that I practice to learn. You know, whether I go and study painting or whether I go to Buenos Aires and study tango or whether I decide to just buy a piece of land and, and plant the garden like, you know, like I saw last weekend. It's, it's, it's going to be a practice that leads to self-discovery of a greater depth. And it's all what wants to be created internally being expressed externally. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's never about the destination, but the journey, right? And how the journey unfolds. That's what we're constantly just on this journey of life. Yeah, because we don't know why. Like, we still don't know why. I mean, it's it, I, like I feel for me, it's just to learn certain lessons, right? Like to learn things and to experience things and to learn through experience and to experience some more stuff and maybe, and maybe share that stuff with some other people that are interested in, in you know, what I've done on my journey. I mean, which is, has been an incredibly fulfilling thing. Um, and just, I don't know, connection and, and love and joy and, and, and pain and suffering. (laughs) You know, it's just like, it's just like all of it, you know, but in the end it's, it's all on the inside. It's, you know, it's all coming inside and you don't have to like, again, it's not, you know, from not, it's not in the achieving externally. It's more what needs to be expressed internally. And that's, it's, that's what my life is, is becoming. And that's why I'm not exactly sure what's going to be expressed because it still needs to express through me and meet. The internal has got to meet the external. And that's where my life is going to happen. Right? Mm-hmm. And I can't predict what the external is going to be. Um, I can only predict what I'm feeling or what's going on internally. Yeah. I love it. It's beautiful. Let's shift narratives a little bit, shift lanes, maybe take a hard left turn, but I want to talk about, uh, your perspective on, you you talked about the cosmos and astrology and, you know, you look out into the universe and the stars and to, to not even be able to comprehend, but to like even try and grasp the infinite nature of just this present moment with this universe even how much we've been able to explore scientifically with all the images and planetary systems and all this stuff. And, you know, the, the, the Pentagon has been releasing um, like uh, declassifying information about like UFOs and aliens. And it's almost as if they're creating this narrative of their, we've known about aliens for a while, but we should be scared of them because they're in our airspace. And it's very, this very finite human ego mindset of like creating this, this division, even against aliens. What is your perspective on, you know, especially in relation to consciousness? Cause I think once you start exploring consciousness and understanding consciousness on a, on a deeper level, like, of course there's going to be other life forms, different, maybe interdimensional beings that can like go in and out. And when you understand there's more to this experience of life than just this physical plane, um, 
Yeah, let's explore the, the, the idea of, of aliens. Why maybe are, are is the Pentagon and government declassifying this information and making it known now? And it's funny to think about too, because like I remember all growing up, like the whole story is, what if we find out we're not alone on this on this uh, on this planet in this universe? Like, how would that change humanity? And it's almost like it's kind of anticlimactic. Like it's it's happening. And it's not really a big part of our collective story because there's so much going on internally within our like human psyche on this planet that we, we can't even like, oh, aliens, like, oh, and it's not a thing. So it's really fascinating. Yeah, it kind of blows my mind that more people aren't even talking about this. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just, it's, it's, you know, and I, and I you know, I brought it up to, you know, uh, people that I work with, I'm like, do you realize there's like people seeing aliens like in spaceships all over the place, in UFOs all over the place now? Like it's like a daily occurrence with like naval pilots and stuff. That they're seeing these things flying through the water, pop out and and disappear and do all these crazy things. And, and June's coming up, which is supposed to be like the big month of where they have to declassify like kind of a lot of shit, right? I think. Really? That's exciting. Then, yeah, yeah, I think June's yeah so, and nobody's even really talking about it it's just a, it's 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 kind of interesting it's is it like not a big deal anymore <laughs> like i don't know i mean you're right, deal, I, think, right? I think it's literally the biggest deal <laughs> you know i mean if you look at the grand scheme of things like what's going to i mean could aliens like ignite the planet like in some way i i don't know or just the fact that we're not alone in this and that you realize that you know we just we're we're humanity and we're not these separate races and countries and nations that we're just this one big global earth and you know there's these other beings from other planets and like are they divided as much as we're divided like you know what I'm saying like you know say an alien's coming from say it's Mars like just whatever like the aliens from Mars that I have countries and divisions and lines and races and creeds and belief systems that are causing all the division in them too, or mm-hmm. is it just us or you know, yeah. how do we, how, how are we going to look at ourselves now? Yeah. I mean, a couple of things come to me is like, you know, and, and when you look out into the world and the experience that we're having as humanity, it, it, it it's not about, cause there's so much division and it's like people are, you know, this tribalism and choosing sides, like I'm right, you're wrong. That's not like, solving the issues from within the plane of consciousness that they were created is not how we're going to work. It's not about choosing sides. It's about raising our consciousness, the plane above. And so for me, looking at these uh, evolved civilizations and aliens with all this technology is like they've evolved past that, that story of separation into, because when you evolve your consciousness and you become connected to the, 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 the oneness of it all, there's this deeper sense of connectionness, right? Or connectedness. So it's like, I think it's not, it's these levels of consciousness and evolving in that way and transcending the story of that separation. And a couple of questions come to me too. It's like, why, why are they releasing this stuff now? And I think there's a beautiful thing could happen, right? That I think the best case scenario is we realize that we're not alone in the universe. There's these other things and we unite as a, as a complete globe, right? As a humanity, because, oh, we are no longer as separate like skin color and ideologies and countries. It's like, Oh, we're all on the same planet together. So it, it, it should create the opportunity for us to come together. Um, and then there's the question of why now, right? Like why are these beings? Cause there's obviously been stories throughout the last like hundred years about, you know, sightings and stuff, but it's all been very quiet. And you know, if these aliens, um, 
our other beings are, and we're making them known um, publicly, but like, how come they're making themselves more known too, right? Like the, it's not like all of a sudden they've figured out how to get to our planet in the last five years. Like they've obviously been around, you know, our existence in our society and the way our culture has been developing. Maybe they're keeping eyes on it. Maybe they see that we are headed towards um, destruction. So they're, you know, maybe it's time for them to, to intervene and try and help us on our journey. I don't know. I don't know. There's like a lot of questions that come into mind and it's like, if they are around, why are they waiting? I think, you know, with the, with the show, um, close encounters of the fifth kind where they actually, it's like a documentary and they actually show these, you know, meditation circles of people dropping into heart coherence and asking for these aliens to show themselves. And they actually have video evidence of what, what takes place. And it's really quite fascinating. And obviously there's a lot of inner skeptics that come out and my inner skeptic comes out as well, but there's just so much information coming out around it. And I think for me, and I think what they talk about in that documentary is we haven't been ready for it because if aliens show themselves and we're in this like kind of lower consciousness realm, like we're going to go to battle with them. We're going to think they're a threat. And it's, that's the collective narrative that's coming out with their governments. Like they're in their airspace. That's dangerous. It's like, we have no idea what these things are. If they wanted to destroy us, I'm pretty sure they could. And they're not. And maybe it's because they're loving beings. Maybe it's because they're, they're maybe nervous about showing themselves fully because we aren't in a consciousness level to be able to receive that and comprehend it and connect with them. And so until we can transcend this fear, they're not fully going to show up because they're afraid that we're going to create this battle when really all they're here to do is support us, love us and help raise the consciousness of our planet. I mean, that's the story I like to tell. That's a good story. I mean, you brought up a good word, fear, right? Mm. I mean, why would you be afraid of aliens? I mean, you're afraid to come in and just take over shit and blow everybody up and kill everybody, right? It goes back to the fear of death. Everybody's just, like, if you're not afraid of death, like, aliens could be the coolest thing ever, <laughs> right? Like, it's just like, you know, like, you're kidding me? Aliens? That would be amazing, right? It, it just, and, you know, maybe they are. And, and I would like to think that, that, you know, having the ability, you know, and I don't know, like, I don't know if they're of higher consciousness than us. I'm, you're, we're assuming that they are. They may or may not be. Yeah, maybe not. You know, I think it's funny. I told a little story of a good friend of mine <laughs> who's a vice president of a kind of multinational corporation like he's kind of like high up there straight as an arrow doesn't drink doesn't do drugs you know very powerful position claims during a certain period of life to have been abducted on a consistent basis and like straight face like doesn't lie and he you know, claims to have these experiences. And I kind of believe him. Like, how can I disbelieve his experience, right? Like you're talking about the inner skeptic, and of course you're skeptical, but there's no reason for him to, like, throw bullshit at me, right? Mm. Um, and he claims to have, at one period, fought in, like, these kind of intergalactic space battles, which is kind of interesting. Like he was actually there fighting, or was it, like, a, a, a memory that he remembers, in like a dream space kind of thing. It happened on a consistent basis over the course of like a year or two. So it's, unless it's a consistent dream space thing, he remembers being there and then teaching how to do all this. And part of it was to see 
the human capability uh, of his ability to navigate this this craft, right? They were like teaching him how to use it, and and apparently he said it was just kind of intergalactic battle type situation. Kind of interesting. He says a lot of his memory is wiped out. Um, so, you know, there's, there might be good and evil with the aliens too, according to his story. Yeah. I mean, even in shamanism, right. You tell me all the time. It's like, yeah, like all is love and it's easy to be like, yeah, God is love and, and ultimate love. When you go into these psychedelic spaces and ayahuasca spaces and shamanism, it's like love, but there is people that use this energy, this access to these other realms and consciousness in a more of a, yeah, a harmful way and control. And, and, you know, it, it is that the polarity of the experience runs so deep. It's not like, it's not like, Oh, okay. You know, like the very top, like, of course God is love, but he created this infinite experience of, of duality. So there has to be in relation, good and evil, you know, up and down left and right. It's like this, this duality, there has to be another experience for you to experience what love is. You have to know what fear is. Otherwise, like if you're just all love, there's no experience of it because there's no relation to something else. And yeah, it's, it's, I've been thinking about that too. It's like, we're, we're so, even me, I'm lost in my ego story. Like, what am I trying to create and what I want to do on this lifetime? How am I going to make money? And it's like, what if we're getting prepared for this, like interdimensional galactic battle where we're evolving as a, as a planet and like these other planetary systems, like kind of like star Wars are like, all right, you guys are kind of evolving into this place where there's maybe this big spiritual battle in the clouds of like good versus evil. And like, we're being prepared for it. And like, you know, like there, it, that's a possibility and, and looking at the way the the earth is and like so much division and, and these, it's really like this, uh, this, this apocalyptic times. And I mean, it's easy to say that too, because, you know, I try to remind myself that every single generation over the last 200 years and probably beyond that have had their thousands apocalyptic, years, uh, yeah, thousands of years of their apocalyptic event, right? Like World War II, the Great Depression, you know, the, the nuclear Holocaust fear, like all this stuff, but just within the last hundred years, like each generation has been like, Oh, this is the end of the world. And so, you know, there's no difference in the story. And maybe it's just a part of human nature to create these existential threats during the experience. I don't know, but it definitely seems like this is the first time, at least in modern history, that we have this globalization, this connectedness, this technology and aliens are showing themselves it's being released. And it's like, what is what is the long tail of this thing? What is the play? What is really actually happening on a deeper level? Yeah. Um, I mean, just, you have to look inside at yourself, right? Because it's, you know, when you, when you're living in the world, there's the external life and there's the external world and in the internal world. And a lot of that kind of like reflects, reflects back. So the only work to be done is on yourself, you know, but at the same time you have to live in the external and I think, you know, once you don't fear death, everything else could just be crazy exciting. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, you know, what's going, I think a lot of people live in so much fear that the idea of aliens is just crazy and scary. And the idea of what's going on is crazy and scary. And the way the world is kind of going insane is crazy and scary. And, you know, I think, you know, as a collective, by doing our own internal work, 
and hopefully raising the people around us because the only thing you can do is just kind of raise the people that, that you're in in contact with. And I've had plenty of conversations of you know with people about what's going on in the world from you know again different parts of the world, and everybody cons to be it's kind of on the same page, right? Like the, what's going on in the world is insane. So the more conversations you have and the more people that you, you touch within your circle and then they touch people within their circle and then they touch people within their circle kind of spreads out that like what's going on is not necessarily within the integrity of most of the people in the world. Right. So that's kind of my hope for the, the, the rising consciousness is that, you know, and I hate to say people like us as making us separate from other people, but people in general just have to act in work on themselves and express with love and kindness to the people around them. And hopefully they express expressing kindness and love to the people around them. And that just kind of reverberates. And uh, yeah, hopefully the aliens are fucking cool as shit. And we all hang out and like listen to some music and have like this fucking crazy dance and, and they become part of us. We become part of them. And you know, that's a great ending to the story. And then the tyrannical governments just kind of dissolve and people with wisdom rise to the top. And now you have like these, uh, I wouldn't say rulers, but wisdom councils that are kind of in charge of, the collective and taking advice from what's ever going on and maybe blockchain technology comes in and changes the way we interact and maybe changes the way we vote on issues so that it can have more of a direct actual democracy individual. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like all these things are within, within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Like, I mean, blockchain technology could change the democratic game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think it will. I think it will like learning more about it. And it's, it's definitely an exciting time to be alive, to be a part of all these major shifts. And there is, um, you know, it's like, what does it look like? We're, we're shifting timelines. It's, 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 I, I have no doubt about it. There's just so much happening. I think the old systems, the old governments, and, and I think the cool thing about, and, and, and the positive thing about this global pandemic is it's not only accelerated the awareness of the issues that all these systems have and the powers that be and the control that they have, but it's, it is kind of forcing this collective awakening or it's created this opportunity for us to question and normal people that maybe are so lost in their routines, right? Wake up, go to work, not really thinking about life on a deeper level, just kind of get trying to get through the day. All of a sudden they're at home, they're with their families, their, their work story shifted, maybe their, their business shifted. Um, their, their, their days shifted, no doubt. Like, what am I going to do with my day? And a lot of people are like, well, why would I go back to working a nine to five or working for this company in an office when it was just like so draining and stuff when I feel so alive. And it's, I think it's giving people this awareness of like, I can have at least just a little bit more freedom than I had before. And why would I want to go back to the way it is? And obviously there's, um, it's almost like the pandemic was, was so like, if it was more dangerous, if it was like a lot more people died, a lot more people got sick. Um, 
it would be like, okay, like it makes sense, but it's almost like so obvious that like, there's something off, like there's something that doesn't line up. There's so many stories. So it's like, I think it's bringing people's awareness of like, okay, there is something going on. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's planting that, that inner skeptics coming out and more, more people than normal. And even for me, like, I mean, I was very much on the path, but during this experience over the last year and a half, like I've grown so much and I've, my inner skeptic skeptic has come out, even like the education system, like, you know, having a kid now and it's like, Oh, well, will he go to school? Will I homeschool, homeschool him? Now I'm like looking at the education systems, like no way I'm putting him in that. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. Right. And so it's like allowing me to even look at the deeper stories of reality and the systems that we've created and start to question them. And I think there's a lot more people doing that than we think. Like even if an individual is like, yeah, I've been having these questions, but I'm not quite sure. And I'm scared to bring up these topics with the people I I care about because maybe they have a strong opinion about something. So it doesn't create conversation. But if you're listening to this, I promise you, and I feel very optimistic that there is a lot of really smart people who are working on solving these issues and trying to create better systems and um, a better environment, uh, a better earth. And you know, just more connection to more symbiosis with nature rather than trying to control it through greed and power and control, but really making um, the earth a better place for all, right? And so we're in this place of transition. And I think the big question for me and the thing that kind of brings up a little bit of the the, the, the fear, I guess, or the, the uncertainty is like, when we go through this transition from old to new and we're very much in it, are we at the beginning of it? Are we in the middle of it? not sure, but there seems to me that there's going to be some kind of chaos, right? Like when things transition, especially on a global scale, it's like systems fall or shift. And there's going to be this, this, this journey and this period of chaos where it's going to be hard to navigate until we kind of come out the other side with this new experience of reality and how long that lasts. Not sure. Is it the biblical prophecy of like the rapture where there's seven years and we're in this chaos and then the kingdom of heavens on earth is this new reality. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty crazy that there's like a lot of alignment with like biblical prophecy and stuff that's going on. Like, I I, I don't know. I don't know. It's really really exciting times. Is this some uh, biblical prophetic alignment? Okay. Well, uh, well, so I'm not super educated on this. Okay. So I just grew up in the church and I I understand like the revelations and my dad dad talks, talks about it a little bit. And, you know, I think there's, you know, all these generations, like I said, too, that think it's the end times, right? And you can put these metaphorical stories into reality and make sense of it and and maybe reach a little bit too. But for me, it's like the, 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 the rapture, right? Is like the saved ones just get taken away from this experience. There could be a little bit deeper thing of like, you know, if you believe in in different timelines intersecting constantly and like going in and out of different timelines. And if there's infinite experiences happening in this present moment, there's infinite timelines. Like if I make a decision to pick up this can in a different reality, when I didn't pick up that can, that timeline's going on just as much as this timeline, but I'm just aware of the timeline I'm choosing to create, but all of them are happening simultaneously. Right. And so if you kind of understand that and contemplate that, then it's, it's um, a possibility that different timelines kind of intersect constantly right even like with aliens all of a sudden that timeline's coming in so what if there's this timeline where all this division's happening and the people that are kind of transcending uh consciousness and awareness and evolving their consciousness maybe these timelines separate right and so it just kind of poof and that's a little bit more hard to believe you know like it just they just separate and we're just living all free and happy but 
Um, Not really. Is it really hard to believe? It's pretty cool, I think. Um, but then like on a deeper kind of conspiracy level, someone sent this to me a, f- like a few months ago, like in the middle of COVID when I'm diving into all these conspiracy theories. And, you know, the 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 the, the biblical prophecies like, you know, Satan's going to come and evil's going to come and they're, you're going to have to get the stamp, right? The stamp to get uh, groceries, to get anything. You're going to have to have this, this identification that you got stamped in order to interact with reality. And, um, you know, you look at the vaccine and it's almost like this forced thing where you, you, they're trying to get everybody to get this vaccine. We don't really know what the vaccine is. Is it imprinted with nanotechnology or whatever it is or RNA? I I don't really know a lot of it. There's obviously all these conspiracy theories, but there, there is a narrative where they're trying pretty obviously for everybody to get it through fear tactics and, um, controlling of the narrative through social media and everything. And so looking at, and someone sent this to me, Bill Gates, right? He's the big vaccine guy. He actually has a patent that is something with like nanotechnology imprinting it through, you know, intravenously or something. And this is a while ago, so I forget the actual detail of what the patent is for. Um, But in the patent, the number of the patent is 666, which is the mark of the beast, which is like the devil, right? If you believe in that. And so I thought it was really fascinating to see that. And then this whole narrative where, I'm sure at some point they're going to push this vaccine passport in order to get stuff. And so it's very aligned with this like end times biblical prophecy. And I think, you know, there's the big show called left behind is like during the, um, the rapture, there's certain people that are left behind to interact during those seven year period before it transitions, um, into like the kingdom of heaven on earth. And Jesus comes back down and, I, I don't take that literally, right? I, for me, in the biblical prophecy, and I like to think of it like this, as I've understand, stood consciousness and gone on my own journey of understanding God in relation to my, me personally and, and what I believe is, you know, and this is like, I think the big issue with Christianity is they take things so literally and like, Christ, like, like Jesus was the son of God, the only God, they idolize him. He's the thing, instead of looking at him as a way shower, an opportunity of, Hey, this is what we all have the opportunity to raise our consciousness to my level, which is enlightenment, which is a lot of the Eastern philosophies talk about. And so for me, understanding like Christ was embodying this level of consciousness. Jesus was this, this loving presence, this, um, this place of enlightenment. That's, that's a level of consciousness that he reached, reached to, right? So it's this Christ consciousness. And so when you look at it from that point of view, all of this teachings of, of Jesus uh, in the Bible, if you, if you replace the, the person Jesus, like Jesus is the way Jesus is God. And you put in Christ and you understand that Christ is a level of consciousness. All of those teachings make a lot more sense to me. And it opens it up to this deeper level of understanding. And so for me, the second coming of Christ is not Jesus coming down from the clouds to save all of the people and all of his children. It's this level of consciousness that all of us are evolving into, which for me, I look around the world and a lot of people I'm connected to and people waking up to this level of consciousness, which is presence, love, compassion, and uh, oneness and unity. That is to me, this second coming of Christ. It's this, and, and that's how we manifest the kingdom of heaven on earth is, is when we reach this level of consciousness where we all can collaborate, connect, love, be in the garden of Eden, which is this earth. I mean, we talked about earlier, looking at the clouds and the trees and the flowers, like we do live in this beautiful experience, but we're so lost in our stories and the, the suffering and the shame and the judgment and the pain and the division. 
And until we transcend that and really, because we have the ability, the technology, the understanding, the wisdom to create and be in one with nature, um, I think that's truly what the Bible and the prophecy means by, you know, the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And I truly feel called. And I know a lot of people that I'm connected to and even people outside that circle of, of really smart people, really people trying to solve these problems. This is why I'm very optimistic is we're all showing up doing the work to work into that vision of creating and manifesting the kingdom of heaven on earth, because it is a level of consciousness in my opinion. Hmm. Now, what if, like we were saying, like you were saying before with timelines, you know, again, you're doing the work on yourself, right? You can't do the work for somebody else. What if is when you reach that level, everything changes, everything shifts. Yes. Right? Yeah. I love that too. And I, I've really like, experienced just that. All you, you know, I mean, you could see how when your perception of somebody changes, your relationship with them changes also, mm. you know, like when you shift, everything shifts. And what if when you shift into that other level, I shift into that other level, everything shifts into that other level. Yeah. I love that. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of validity to that. Cause it's, it's, for example, let's say an interaction, right? Um, I'll use my parents, for example, if I go into the, the and I, this isn't the journey I've been on is like trying to change them, wake them up, let, like open their mind to like what I'm learning. It, it, it's this, it's this defensiveness. It's this change and they get, and there's this negative energy that happens. But through my own healing and through my own loving presence and understanding, when I show up with them, I'm actually calling the highest version of themselves out of them. And I try to do that with every interaction I have. If I'm, you know, walking by someone and I, I smile and I wave, I'm, I'm calling that. It's obviously going to trigger them to smile and wave. If I, if I walk by someone and say, man, fuck you, they're going to be like, man, fuck you. And so it's like this, if you can show up and call out the highest version of other people's by, by trying to be your highest version of yourself, you are actually calling in that new timeline as you're interacting with reality. And I think it's very fascinating. Like you said, like if we can fully be and create the reality within our own experience, does that shift and create the entire reality? Yeah. Because you know, like, like Rumi says, we are not a drop in the ocean, but we are the ocean in the drop in a drop. And so we are the experience. We are consciousness living out this timeline. And so can we personally continue to, to try and reach higher levels of love and compassion and presence and call that out in others through that experience? And I think that's really the journey of the alchemist, right? Alchemy, right, is, is, is alchemizing energy. So if I'm in a conversation with someone and they're kind of being negative with me or, or triggered or kind of spewing something, maybe I, I cut someone off on the road and they're like, man, fuck you. And I'm like, pull over. And I'm like, or I see them like, hey man, like I apologize. And like, I'm able to alchemize that negative energy into love and send love back. That that's the alchemist. That's the, the alchemizing this energy into love. And I think, you know, moving through life is how can we continue to, even if there's negative energy and we feel triggered, like having an awareness of that, alchemizing it, turning it back into love and then putting that out into the universe. And, you know, I truly believe like, you know, people that are reaching these levels of awareness, it's like they're, they're alchemizing energy as they go through and, we're alchemizing this collective energy um, in order to reach and call in that new timeline as well. And so as, as we're talking, there's obviously these, these multiple 
infinite number of layers to this experience just in this story that we're telling. And you look out into the world with like aliens story, like everything we've talked about in this episode is like, there's infinite number of experiences and expressions and stories to, to have. It's really quite fascinating that that's the, the experience that the universe has created for us. Yeah. And there's infinite stories about those experiences. Like it's just, you know, it just brings us back to the infinity of the, of, of the universe and our experience and our ability to change ourselves and change our stories um, by changing ourselves and changing our stories, we can possibly affect the change of the, the collective story. Right. You know, I mean, I think it's, I think it's possible like, fuck, it's at least an interesting experience to try to do it, yep. you know? Yeah. And I think it's, I think people like they, they get overwhelmed. Right. And it's easy. I've, I've definitely gotten in this space as well. It's like, you look out into the world and you're like, what, what difference can I make? Like, I'm just one human. What difference can I make? Like, there's too much shit going on. There's too much pain. There's too much suffering. There's, I'm just going to stay home and there's nothing I can do anyway. So I'm not going to try. But when you, when you understand that every interaction you have, every time you have an opportunity to alchemize energy, every time you have a chance to bring love into the universe, the more people that start doing that, you do matter. You do have an impact on it. And it's, it all comes down to this energy and how can you elevate your own energy and continue to spread that love, not by words, not by, you know, preaching, not by telling and judging people that they're wrong and, and they should, they should, you know, smarten up or change their belief system. But no, it's about the energy that you carry through the interactions of your life. That's what makes the difference. And in order to reach those levels is to alchemize your own energy. And that's where this whole story of, of healing comes in, right? Like people are like, what is healing? Like, I don't have anything to heal. Like, what are, what are you talking about? And all healing is, is the ability to forgive, which is synonymous with letting go, which is alchemizing the, the pain, your own pain, your own suffering, your own energy that you're holding within your body. That's just, you know, maybe negative, maybe you had an experience in life that left you feeling bitter or resentful and being able to look at those experiences, see it from a different perspective, from compassion and love for yourself and for others. And that's what forgiveness is. And when you can, that's what the healing journey is. And the more of us that can continue on that healing journey, and you don't have to call it healing, but maybe it's just forgiveness. Maybe it's just letting go. Maybe it's, um, you know, understanding that it is a story and beginning to question it a little bit that more people that are doing that is not only healing your own individual story, but it's also healing our collective story of where we're at and, help, and allowing us to shift into a new narrative. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's super important. Um, and yeah, we all go through our healing journeys as long as we have to, right. As long as we need to alchemize that energy. Um, a lot of people get stuck in this, the healing story too, right? Like they, they will continually go through their garbage and go through this shit over and over and over again. And, but that might be what it takes to alchemize that, that particular energy. I know within my own particular journey, I, I spent a long time alchemizing that energy. You know, now, thank God, the, the energy alchemizes a lot quicker. And that's what a lot of the, whatever practices you're doing, it, it gives you tools to alchemize that energy so that, you know, because you're constantly making more past, right? Like every moment you're creating past. And if you get stuck in those stories, you know, especially if they're painful stories uh, that become trauma or whatever, you have to be able to change that story, alchemize that energy and move forward. Otherwise you get kind of stuck in that loop. So 
you know, having the ability to go through the story, alchemize the energy, but move forward from it mm. is huge too. Right. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to get stuck in, I mean, if that's your journey, that's your journey. But, you know, for me, having the practices that I've had in the past to alchemize my stories, whether it be, you know, the Byron Katie stuff or ayahuasca or, you know, I went to a period of time, I did a lot of tapping, EFT, emotional freedom technique or meditation. Uh, tango, Argentine tango was great for, and Tai Chi, you know, a lot of body practices were great for alchemizing the energy and seeing where, where in your body you're stuck and where you need to release and, and that, that kind of thing. And with, with Tangle, you bring that into, and Tai Chi also, you bring that into alchemizing your energy with another person's energy, which is pretty amazing. You know, now you're not just dealing with yourself, you're dealing with somebody else. But, you know, I spent a lot of years going, you know, and I'm, I, I still do it, uh, but I spent a lot of years going through and learning a lot of these things so that I can alchemize my traumas in my past. And and learn from them and move on from them and then create more past and alchemize more energies. And it's just like a constant thing. The beauty of it is it seems to alchemize a lot quicker now. <laughs> yeah. I think the cool thing is when you go on this healing journey and start looking at your past and, and, and start understanding the reasons the way you show up in the world is because of some past experiences and there, there may be unconscious triggers, unconscious stories, unconscious ways that you interact with things. And then, you know, it's like Carl Jung says, until you make the unconscious conscious, you will be a slave to it and call it fate. And so it's about looking at those unconscious patternings. And when you start looking at your past and healing that and moving through that and letting go and forgiving, and then you develop the tools that you understand like, okay, I'm cleaning my energy out. And then you have the awareness of, oh, wow, this experience triggered me. I feel, you know, that, that energy in my body, like the, the anxiety or the stress or the, the resentment and it, it, it's happening in real time. And since you've developed an awareness of that, you can actually alchemize it in real time and not attach to it. So you're actually going through life with a, uh, an awareness and, and being able to move through, but you, it does take practice. It does take tools in order to have that awareness in order to move it in real time. So you're not actually attaching to the thing that creates a past, but it allows you to be more present and throughout the journey of life. And that's really where infinity lives, right? Is in this present moment. The only thing that really exists is the forever eternal present moment. The future, the past are just illusions of the mind and being able to heal through those energies. It allows you to be present as it unfolds, moving that energy in real time in the present moment. And I think the more people that can get into that space, that's how we manifest the kingdom of heaven on earth. Yeah. I had an interesting experience that happened to me recently. So I was dating this girl for a little while and, uh, relationship was going great. Everything was fantastic. And then all of a sudden like rug pull, it was like over. Right. This is just like a few weeks ago, maybe like a month ago. And, uh, I remember waking up one morning and feeling like this like pain in my chest, like, you know, heartache. Right. Mm. And then I was like, oh, like, oh, I miss her. And then I looked at the feeling like, what was that feeling? And I was like, that's just love. Like, it's just love. Like, I just, I had, I had a love for her. Mm. And I was just like, 
wow, isn't like that was, it became this thing where I didn't like get into the heartache and like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. It was like, wow, this is just love. That's it. And it, it, and it literally alchemized it like that. Whereas who the hell knows 10 years ago, I've been like miserable for who knows how long, but like in that moment, I was able to switch that and switch that story from like this, you know, ending to that's just love. Yeah, that's really beautiful, yeah. right? Like, like, like the yeah. feeling, the feeling of grief. And when you look at grief, the only reason grief arises at all is because of love. Yeah, and, and, and the only way to feel grief is because you love something so much that you miss it and it creates grief. Like even when I left football, it's like I, I felt that physical pain and I was going through a breakup at the same time and a relationship that I, a, a woman I love so deeply, but it was just time to move on. And it was like that grief, that physical pain in my heart. It was like, Oh, and it's like, Oh man, to reframe that as the reason I'm able to feel that so deeply is because I loved so deeply. And I love that thing yeah. so deeply. It was beautiful. And then like it, it becomes like gratitude. Like I was like grateful to have that feeling. Like I was like so happy to have that feeling, you know, like yeah. that I cared about somebody beginning and whatever linear timeline it is within that relationship. I was just so grateful to have had that feeling and that experience. And now like thinking about that, like I still feel that love mm. and like that grief is just, just not there. Well, I don't know. It was just an example of alchemizing in the moment by not getting into the story and almost like recreating and changing the story too, like changing the story of the feeling from grief and sorrow and missing somebody to love. And then like that feeling in my chest became instead of a contraction, just became an expansion. Like it literally like my heart opened. That's beautiful, man. And I know we've been talking for a couple hours and I don't know if I've told you this, but um, I'm, I developed a premium uh, feed of Quantum Coffee where I give extra content for my premium members. If you are a premium member, then stick around because we're going to ask Dr. Mike his secret to the universe and you're not going to want to miss it because this is one of the wisest men I know and I'm excited to, to hear him jam. He did talk okay. a little bit about gratitude, right? And that's my secret to the universe is gratitude, but I'm excited to to hear yours. Um, and thank you everybody for, for listening. If you're not a premium member and you would like to join and have access to this premium content, just not, not just extended episodes, but I'm going to be providing, um, weekly, smaller inspirational episodes, um, and an opportunity for my premium members to drop into live episodes and actually interact with the guests as we're having our conversations. I'm really excited about that. It's just $7 a month. If you really feel like you want to support this podcast financially, it does take me, you know, I have a team behind the scenes and it does cost me money to put this on. And so I'm just, if you would like to, to support in that way, I really appreciate it. If you want to support uh, for free, a good way to do that is just to leave a five-star review, rate the podcast. And if this, any part of this episode resonated with you and you think, you know, somebody that would really get a lot out of it, just go ahead and share it with them. Um, and if you're not a subscriber, make sure you press that subscribe button. If you're watching this on YouTube and we're in outer space, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. And um, yeah, thanks, Dr. Mike. I really appreciate you, man. Appreciate you too, man. <laughs> We're floating around. Yeah, floating around in space. Yeah. Like, I'd love to hear from all of you as well. Hit me up on Instagram at joe.holly or leave a comment with a question or maybe any guest that you'd like to have me have on um, and hear me discuss the unanswerable questions of the universe. And for you premium members, stick around. We're going to keep this episode going. <laughs>